0: We saw last week that Yechania was willing to go talk to Nebuchadnezzar, hoping to convince him to leave. Remember, he did nothing wrong yet. His Havmenia was to appoint him as the king and have him follow instructions, and then his advisors, Nebuchadnezzar's advisors, told him, why would you appoint the son if the father rebelled against you? And he comes back to have him arrested and taken to Bavl, which he does, even though Yechania came out peacefully, willing to make a deal. That number is a large number, but it might sound smaller than the number that you were expecting. As the passage is going to say shortly, this was the cream of the crop. He took... Dafka, the most talented, the smart, those who, in his mind, perhaps would rebel or be behind the rebellion. HaKosh Baruch Hu, of course, is always directing and pulling the strings. And as Chazal tell us, this is a chesed for HaKosh Baruch Hu, that the best and the brightest should leave, tamir to be able to set up a community in bubble so when the Chorban comes 11 years later, they come to a settled, organized community. And that takes a lot of schism. We've had... As you mentioned, situations in Gullis, including America, where when they came back, when they came in the first place, there was not much there. In America, when we came, there was no infrastructure. It took many decades. And in World War I, the communities in Europe were in such disarray. When they came back, they had to start from scratch. They came back to in disarray that people had taken over for their own purposes, maybe thinking they were trying to do stopgap stop measures, but it was a mess and it took years to recover Yeshaimim, I mean, they never recovered and World War II came, but it was not organized, and organization community level is, is crucial, uh, just to have the maestas, the shivas, the shuls the mikvos set up and the like, and this was a chesed, this was prepared beforehand Rashi says on the next part of the Pasuk describes as saras Allah geyla cho ha-choresh vahamaskeh, lanisha zulas dalas am by design, Nebuchadnezzar left only the poor and the weak and he wanted them to stay because you have a conquered country and you don't have people farming the land. You're not going to have any tax revenue and that's not going to be very profitable. So he had to leave somebody there. It's not due to his kindness. And if you look in Rashi, look at uh, Rashi back in your base first. He was trying to be very cooperative and very very submissive, hoping not to get arrested and sent away. Yechaneser had other plans, and again, fortunately, Kaj was directing those plans. Not very easy for Yechanya. Yechanya will spend the next three decades plus in jail, and that jail is a bar. It's hard to know how somebody psychologically survives such a thing for a few days, let alone for thirty plus years. Gives you an insight into the caliber of Yechanya, and he will do tshuva in jail. A lot of time to think. He will do tshuva in jail, and he will also be the father of the next Lord in Machis days, David. Rashin Yadalid, Acharash Masker. What the words mean. The Pasha of here is here, he took uh, the craftsmen and the tradesmen and the uh, people who knew how to build. And Rabbeinu Amru Gitten Pei Ches Chachamim Gedolim Why is it called Chorish a Masker? Paseach Hakol Sheiskim I have a copy of the pasuk here. Eli Rashi says this pasuk in Yeshayah Chorishu Eli is Kedel Shmo Adaver, which means Chorishu Lashon Khairish is deaf, 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 mute, which means all the other people couldn't speak when they spoke up, you know, as they settled the matters, similar to the next word. As a different Pasech in Yeshayon, Asati, Mafteach, Beis Dovet, HaShikmo, Pasech, Vein Ein Pasech. There talking about Pasech at the Beis Amitish. He's going to have the keys to the Beis Amitish. And here Rashi and Chazal and Gitna are using it for the fact Paslak vein Segers, once they gave their opinion, once they gave their direction, the Sudya was closed, so to speak. So Harishamaskar are people that commanded control in a positive way of what was going on in terms of what was needed for decision making and particularly important at the time of a and rebuilding. So this is the famous uh, Harisha masker uh, not to exclude the pasha shot that, Nubuchanetzah took people who were very smart and felt that he could benefit from them in his kingdom back home. As we will find, the young Yakir Yushalayim, he takes Daniel, Haranim, Shavazir, all the established talent and all the future budding talent. Again, a person of tremendous stature in the cabinet, as always, the Queen Mother. The V'es Rashi says, Yehuda Sadikim Ha'yu, This is an interesting description of the type of characters we'd like to think, or we delude ourselves into thinking, how we've been by the korban. Well, it sounds like people are very madrega. How would they allow a korban to happen? And uh, nobody was in tshuva mode. Pasik here is describing anashim gedolim ma'oid, future neviim, future Roshis and hadjai and all the leaders. And on top of the chareish va'masker, the Pasik says, "Vuchanetsa also found many people who are labeled by Rashi and Chazal as tzadikim." You might be wondering, with all the tzadikim around, so how did this happen? I'm not a kasha. Somebody's asking me. He seems to be very concerned. The Khazal say that Mashiach is only going to come. He tells me we have a big problem. <laughs> I know what he's going to ask. It's, it's, it's a, it's not, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's great. But we have a big problem. Is that a lot of people who are, in his mind, are chayev? Well, not with the program. They're not keeping mitzvahs. And, but we have a lot of people who are not yet with the program, not yet from. And yet, we seem to have a lot of people who are really holding, really steiging, and uh, learning seems to be growing, and it's all good, and it's all true. So his mystery is, how are we going to get to the Mashiach? We're not Kula Zaka, we're not Kula Chayev. I said, you work on the Kula Zaka part, and keep davening for the uh, Kula Chayev, either they should do tshuva hashivenu, or they should uh, stop causing trouble on whichever bracha is directed at them, And why don't you let Akash Hu take care of the rest? There are always going to be Sadiqim. We have a promise of La Yomush, and we're going to have Klaisol, and we're going to have leaders, and we're going to have Tamil HaChamim. And Halavai, that should be our, our bigger problem, our biggest problem. It's just interesting how people get stuck. It's easier to worry about that and conclude that we're stuck rather than keep working on yourself. That's where I think the question might have been coming from. It's a good question. How does it fit? Uh, some of the Chazals talk about the description of uh, the chutzpah, Yaski, and all the other things. Um, he said, yeah, I see some of that also, but we have a lot of respectful children as well. So he's, he's concerned about that also. We're, why isn't the chutzpah increasing? <laughs> depends on who you ask. But... Uh, Lemaise, <laughs> It's, uh, I think there are many people who are learning their Haaretz and there are many people who don't have chutzpah. That's not us. Or whatever Chazam meant, they meant. Over here, again, the Pesach is Yehuda." <laughs> Hashem is going to protect us like a person protects the Teinim. I guess you have to be a farmer to understand why that exact mushal was picked, but... Kol knows that there's always going to be a nucleus, and a She'baruchu is going to ensure there's always going to be a nucleus, and that's part of the nase over here within the tragedy, as Hashem is preparing them for leadership. And besides the leaders, the followers who are Tzadikim, who are going to be the core of Klal Yes. I want to say that the the, the is somewhat unique in the fact that it that they break them at various intervals, and mm-hmm. if you're not constantly watching, you could lose out on. It. As you have to uh, develop and, and cultivate. In order to be able to... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Teinim, um, we don't uh, look at Teinim besides Tu Bishvat, most of the year. be here. But uh, all these, all the Gashmites in the world represent uh, these various Medes and Rukhites. You see many mashalim and Shir and Shem and other places of uh, Klayosol, Nimshol, to various things. I heard that the Moshal is that, you know, that atom Talmud. The Talmud is not constantly around. run by Nis... Various nuances and growth. right? if he was there, he would catch Because he's not there, he some of the context and uh, is not the full picture. Right, although you got to be careful even when you're looking at the Maeserav, as I've tried to say a disclaimer many times. You might not be... Uh, it's always Kedai to ask, because you might be looking at an exception rather than a the rule, there might be something that is going on that is done which is unique as a, as a harasha but yes uh, things can be missed and things can be misunderstood and especially they're misunderstood if uh, somebody has a foregone conclusion in his mind of what the din should be or what the anhaga should be and then they're looking for their uh, their their anhaga what they would have done in this situation and often in life when you look for something you see it your way so yes that's uh, an important mida in the growth Lamaisa all these people went, and 10,000 doesn't sound like a huge number. It's a big number. If this is pre-selected, in the mind, he thinks he's doing the selection. Now, Kosh decision-making process, everybody here is vital for the future of Klai Yisroel. A lot of them will go back by Bayashani, and you'll have some of them in it, you saw, some of them in Bovel, concurrently for hundreds of years in Bayasheni, both communities growing with this, not easily, but with this, built-in protection that they're going to more than survive, they're going to pass on the Masaira. Keep in mind that during the very difficult years of sheni, and afterwards Teresh Balpeh was written down. That was done in Yisrael. Shas Bavli is going to be the future in Bovol. But the first main Mokkum is going to be from the people who survive and pass on the Masaira in Bovol now for 70 years, many of whom go back. And then all of sheni is difficult and there's a tumult every other minute that's going to survive, more than survive. It's going to flourish, despite all the problems, and it's going to be the basis of Mishnah, and then later Gemara for all of Klai Israel. So there's always enough there to survive. Pasuk, Tes, Zion. Ve'es, kol anche achayel, shivus alafim, hacharish, v'amasker, elef, hakol, giberem, eisem, ochama. Yuchanesa made sure to take any gibberm, just a pshutu mashmah, besides their tzitkus and their godless because he wanted them under close watch in Bavol, not in Israel, making trouble. The vimel, Bavol, Gola, Bavelo. Rashi mentions the stira and the numbers. Look at Tezayan. Sheva salafim, the malo, ayme, asura salafim, there's a number of 10,000 to 7,000. Baal kotsvah, shlish, yavyechriya, b'sefa yimyo. Zaam, ashehidlim, v'chanes, ab'shna sheva, v'chaneh, Yehudim Shleshus Alofim. M.M.A. meata Shlesh Alof Mahal Yemeshavit Yehuda, specifically from Sheva Yehuda, which is the larger of the two Shvatim between Yudim and by far. Shivas Alofim binyamin Yemen, Shai Shvatim, Abbaseda, Oilim, Lamad, Lukein. So the composite number was the 10,000. This is just the breakup by the Shvatim. So even though Yehuda was the larger one, this is the number, possibly more will uh, be killed in battle, or more of them were just uh, numerous, but they were farmers around Yehuda, and he left more of them there. Whatever the cheshman was, Lamaisa we see over here an interesting thing, Benyamin always staying together with Yehuda, was always a smaller shevet. Lamaisa of the tzaddikim, giberim, and leaders, there were quite a number of them from Benyamin, which is surprising because we don't often even focus on Benyamin, and it's Yehuda and Benyamin, but Yehuda is the main player, in this Rashi, you see, they had uh, quite a showing in terms of the people being handpicked for their future role, and because of their godless, their future role in Klai Yisrael. Yes, it's man kriyashmam. Pasuk Yudzayim. V'yam lech melech bovel de matanya So, as we notice, the is the emperors, the conquering emperors, still wanted to appoint, for their own reasons, a member of the royal family of the conquered nation. So even though he appointed Yechania, then changed his mind, came back, and deposed him, schleps him to bovo puts him in jail, you would think, okay, if your maskana is, then nobody could be trusted from the royal family, so put one of your own governors in. The Romans did that. They had pro-consuls and they had, even Bayesheni, they had sort of Jewish kings, but those Jewish kings, some of them weren't so Jewish, and they were often more Roman than the Romans. Here, he now goes back to the family, and appoints somebody from the family. He's not a son of Yechaniah, his uncle, but fascinating. Him he's going to trust, at least at the beginning. And of this whole group, the last four kings, Tzitkio innately is the biggest Sadik. He's not going to prevent the Hurban, and we'll discuss why, but he is the biggest Sadik. Do you have your pages from a couple of weeks ago? If you don't uh, remind me, we'll give it out next week. But he is the last one on the list. And we're going to see a lot about the very painful decision Sitkio is going to try to make, unsuccessfully, but he is, in a way, closer to the Navi, to Yermio than any of the other kings. And Chazal tell us that Ba'esem, he's a tzaddik. And interestingly enough, providentially, his name has changed to Tzitkio. Nebuchadnezzar has his reason. The reason HaKadosh Baruch Hu causes this to happen is to let us know that he's Be'etz Matzadik. That wasn't what Yuvukhan Etzer has in mind, as we'll see in a moment. So again, Yudzayin. V'yamlech melabavos <laughs> metanyo Rashi in Yudzayin. Yasev What did he have in mind? Ka yastik hasadin. Something like the English version would be, may God help you. Meaning he's warning him, he says, I'm appointing you, you look very religious and I'm going to trust you. And didn't trust your nephew, I'm taking him with me. But so help you. He gave him a warning in no uncertain terms. Don't rebel. You're all sitting here wondering, don't rebel, like what's the Havamina? He has not much of an army. Keep in mind last week, Nebuchadnezzar made a point. He came into the city and sacked the Besamikdash, took the and took the Kalim of whatever was of value around the city and showed them who's boss and just removed the king. Uh, rebellion at this point doesn't seem to be too much of a Havamina. Unfortunately, as the Eighth Sahara and the Sutton is going to have most of his way over here, he's going to find a way to have Sitkio almost rebel. That's going to cause a lot of trouble. The theme that we're going to develop here is that, despite the fact that Kiel himself was a tzaddik and a person of a formidable ruchnius and keichus, he's going to find the reason why we should rebel, and we should let Nebuchadnezzar know what we think of him and we should throw off the yoke. Much of it's going to come from his cabinet members who are not so for and the will of the people who are not really hashkafically on the right page, that we can't let this happen and got to be proud Jews, and we can't let them do this to us. And all that, once in a while, comes from the right place, often it comes from the wrong place. And here it's going to be very much in the wrong place, as we shall see. Let's do the next pasuk. Yod Ches ben Esrim va'achas <laughs> shona tzidkiyo b'molchoy va'achas esrei shona mal He also is going to rule 11 years. Remember the last chart We had. The first four kings, three months, 11 years, three months, 11 years, there has to be something to that. The next pasik, if I wouldn't have given you this introduction of Hazal's view, reminding us that personally he's a tzaddik with tremendous keiches, you would think he's lumped together with Yoachim and everybody else. I say Yehoyakim Adavka, but Yehonyah was slightly better, but not much better when he was in Israel. Yehoyakim. Again, Yoyakim was the worst of them, but the other ones didn't do very well either. So I can't think of a bigger dichotomy in Chazal's true view of a person and the critique of the Posse. We have many of these him throughout Tanakh. we used to it by now where uh, Melech is on a high dragon, More is expected of him. And the uh, public will say, like Shlomo did Avarazar, which we know he certainly didn't, but the wives he was trying to mimic Karev did, and he didn't put a stop to it, it as part of his Kyiv initiative, which was a disaster at the end. So it accuses him, because he should have known better, of participating. That's a close second. This passage just says, It's almost so generic that without the Chazal, you'd say, yeah, 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 come, yeah and, well, everything was the same, the last four kings, and nothing helped. And Chazal are going to show us otherwise. The critique is strong because he was the last king, the mashal they give at the end of a kufa where the candle starts flickering and sort of shooting up, that there was a chance to go... Higher and break out, and he didn't use it, and therefore, there's in certain ways a bigger taina. How <laughs> did Chazal know this? So, this very next Pussek attached to, Ki Alaf is explaining good test. How did it happen if inherently he was so good and had such potential? Everybody has potential, so did Yaakov. He was a cut above, so why did it happen? How did it happen? So, the Pussek tells you right away before we even get into the story. Ki'alaf Hashem ad had such kaviocho such kas on all the avlas that were going on the window was closing so fast that Tsitkiyo almost, I'm using words trying to be very careful almost kemat lost his bechira can't say completely lost it there's a a D on this was the Chorban already here and the fate was sealed which case is possible that a person like Paro could really lose his Bechira and that's part of the einish, or something very close to that. But this Pasuk is an introduction to Peri of, hey, that Ki'ilu, it looks like that K'ilu is going to be pushing to do the right thing and he saves the Navi and he calls him in quietly and they have top secret meetings and he's pushing and he can't listen. So he can't listen, he doesn't listen, but he certainly won't listen. Kol Afor Hashem Hayse Bishlaim Biyuda Adreshlichah Eislam El Panav Is Intense So To Speak On Sealing The Fate Until Klai Yisrael Is Thrown Out Of Eretz Yisrael For The Most Part After The Murder Of Gedaliah Will Be Complete Vehimer Titzkiyoh Bemela And you Just Explained You Can't Rebel What Is It to Rebel About Titzkiyoh Is Going To Try To Find A Way Anyway Pasuk Chaf And Rashi. And that is the vision of Chazal over here of the personal tragedy of Tzitkio, that he should have done better, and statistically, he would have done better. Akash Baruch already cannot seal the fate. Uh, he's going to be not making the right decisions and not have this yet Tashmaya. That is going to be the introduction to Perichov Hay. Mitzvah Shem, what we're going to do next time, we'll go now to the Chavaz Chaim, is the background concurrently in Sefer Yirmiya, which I have copies for of the conversations recorded by Yirmiya, and here in the parak Chav hey, what the Navi tells us over here and what the Navi fills us in with over there. If you take a look at the Teres Habayas, if you don't have one, there should be some stacked up over here. I'll try to finish over the next few weeks Ramazi Chizik on inyani Talmatera from Shavu Isyet Kaval Satera is all year round but during this whole period we saw that he was in Jinn he was like with his family to go away right he was Yechania king. now is in Bavol Tzitkiel is just all sitting on the throne But I'm saying so he you with know, Klanetsar wanted on one hand to take him the meaning was they picked a king he could have just not appointed anybody and appointed his own governor. He didn't do that because the assumption was that there was some begrudging respect for royalty only because they wanted to respect themselves and the fact that it's easy to run the country if you have somebody who's known by the people to cooperate more. The danger is they might cooperate more if he wants to rebel, which is what's going to happen. But that decision, unfortunately, is coming from the bottom up, not the other way. And the Hamanam are not looking at it the right way. They all of a sudden become fiercely. Proud and nationalistic, and not listening to what the Navi has to say, B'shem Hashem, And that's going to be part of the story, main part of the story. Let's go back to Perik, Dalid Pusik, Pusik, Page Lamed Gimel. It's Halig, but it's not a Pusik. Page Lamed Gimel, the Chavetz Chaim, is discussing the four reasons why people think they have an excuse not to learn as much as they can. And as much as deep down they should want to, due to the chashivas of the union, and the first two are very similar the omer mutter, that it's not really such a chiv, and the rogel, the fact that they feel they can't change, and the third reason was the hefker, that they see other people aren't doing it either. And he was discussing the ongoing chiv all day and all night of learning to the extent that a person says, the reason he does not have to say it when he stops to learn in the office since the five minute break is because he had DAS the whole time to continue, and therefore he never really put it out of his mind, hopefully. Top line on page Lamed Gimel, page 33. What the top. Had? So if you have somebody who's not yet from, and he never had it in mind in the first place, it's not a problem. You walk in, you want to say Dvaratera, which is great for Kirov. He didn't say Besatera, so you're saying Dvaratera to somebody who didn't say Besatera. That's a problem. The best way to start a conversation with somebody is to give them some Dvaratera. So if it's so generic, you just tell him about Hashem, okay, that's learning, but uh, is that a chesed shoter, would you have to say if you want to say a nice word in the Parshish, you start with the pusik and this is what the pusik means, we learn out from here with Moshe and Aaron and Miriam and Lashon Hara, they're very nice, but uh, you're giving him a whole mahalach in the pusik So the best thing is to walk in with your handy sitter and say, I have a great Tavari he's not going to know what that word means, to tell you, I have a great uh, concept in Judaism. Can you just say this verse? It's transliterated. It's probably not going to work. That, all things uh, considered, all things being equal, that's what you should do. But that's not the minig. Why? Whatever other kula we have in Kir, it's a kula. As you're giving somebody a chesah uh, which requires a bracha. He's listening to a shamei ka'ina. I and mean, if you don't say amen, over here there's no amen, maybe he's not making a bracha. So you're being machshul him and he's not saying b'chazotere. So, that's a problem, the answer is it is, but if you can't get your foot in the door and the only way you can begin to discuss anything about Yiddishkeit is by telling you something about Yiddishkeit, so then we assume that we're going to get to b'chazotere later. You have somebody you're learning with on a consistent basis and he's cooperative enough to want to sit and learn the Ramam and the Gemara, the Medj, whatever you're learning, you probably can bring up Birsather. So that's a problem. If you're asking somebody's from and he's such an Amarits, he hasn't learned anything between nine and five for thirty five years. And it's an Umdinda We hope it's not an Umdin We hope that if you'd walk in, he really had five minutes you had a great to tell him he would talk a listen. I think that's not far from the truth. So, Chavaz time to bring you from here, you see there's an ongoing chiv, and even not an ongoing chiv, as I mentioned last week, is a machlekis, what, what's the Gemara, what a gisabayana velayla, what means, but it's certainly an ongoing concept that if you do it, you get unbelievable schar, and the and not taking the advantage, has something in the other direction which the Khabaz Khan is going to tell you about now on the top line do amasham khazar shame sh's khair tametay regdol mitzvus khach einish bitulah godomikala venus if the shair is the most for the mitzvus the einish is going to be in the opposite direction What about the the precession era where the that's that's the macar tametay kenekulum Right. I Her, isn't it? We hold now, is the ultimate principle of Torah. But it's ah, Chaim says, you talk Lashonara besides Lashonara, you also haven't learned at that time. But uh, as bad as Hara is, and the example from this past week's Parsha, we'll still yet uh, discuss, because it's a Pella right there. And Miriam meant so well, and she was trying to be so careful, and she still got. So we're not downgrading that. Lamaisa the uh, Grom self says, each word of Talmud can I get all Tayaganitsis let alone a full hour and hundreds and hundreds of words. So it's still it's still not number one in terms of the Khaimerinian. You can get involved in both as you're talking to Loshnara. Va'al Dvaras Sibashniap. Gamcain and It says the second problem over here and problem of the mindset, Demisha Ochoshum Recha Nedev so, his second problem over here is Rogal. A person is already 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, he hasn't learned that much, so whatever he's learning is learning. It's not going to start changing now. And change is difficult, and the more you haven't done it, uh, the more difficult it is, but it's certainly not impossible. And he quotes the famous Lashon the Gemara Misha Och Recha Neidiv Yasavi Ech just because he had some garlic already, the original garlic in the market, and uh, there's probably not enough listerine in the market to even control it. But Lamaisa, see, he says, no, so uh, I'm a public uh, barber, but uh, I shouldn't eat more shroom. it's just going to get worse. They'll say once you're in a matzah, you don't try to climb out. It's Nagea and Hilchus Tainis. Quite often on a Tainis, somebody will call me, usually from the office, and they say, what do I do? I just ate something, I forgot. I remember one guy called me, he said, I can't believe I just had a a bite into a donut. I said, how did you bite into a donut by accident? He walked through the hallway and somebody just had standing stand the donut and he bumped into it. Like, how does that happen? You forgot it was a tainus? He said, I woke up this morning. I had to So he said, I knew it was a so I said, I'm just curious. How did it happen? He said, they made an announcement for all the employees that they're giving free donuts and coffee and it's kosher. And I just ran down. You hear something? It's a free donut? So you just lose yourself and... It's a normal guy. (laughs) And he ran down, and he started putting himself a coffee, bit into the donut, made a bracha uh, that he remembered. And uh, that was my next question to him. He said, when they have these free giveaways, make sure that Alamechia, you know, you don't want it to get. And then right after the first bite, he realized it's ridiculous. But you get lost in the moment. Free donuts, by the way, don't save you that much money, and you could probably get your own when needed. But people get lost in the moment. And his Shiloh, when he called me, was, um, is the tightness off? Or what do I do now? So I told him, the Lashon of the Pesach, bring it down. Misha, Ochashum Just because he broke your tightness once, doesn't mean you should break it again. Uh, he said, of course you should continue fasting. Which is what he did. It just it doesn't feel that keshmak when you know you broke your fast, and you ruined it, but that doesn't mean you now have a head to go back and take an alamichya uh, large chaznishia or enough to wash and bench and go back down and enjoy yourself. And it happens. It happens. There's a good person. It, just, it was just interesting. As we were examining it, he said, "Yeah, I can't believe it. I just saw the word free donuts and I forgot myself. So it can happen to anybody. It doesn't mean that you're off the hook. You know, Chaim says over here, if you haven't been doing it for many years or you could have increased it and you didn't, that's not an excuse. Leidzei nikach nadimyen he has a land lease deal and he has a vineyard and potentially very profitable. You've got to work a vineyard. Very delicate operation and you've got to work hard. And he paid for the lease ahead of time. He was bad and very lazy and he's paying per year a thousand zehuvim. And he doesn't even look in the direction of the karen for five years, just too lazy to get up early and start working on it. And now it's full of thorns and thistles, and uh, looks pretty bad. And you can imagine, after five years, he looks at it and says, this is a lost case, and he has total yish. And he's saying they're all lost in thought, very worried about his loss of money and his disastrous investment.. So a friend comes by and he said, "What are you sitting there thinking and thinking and all upset?" you can still do something with this vineyard for five years. You do something for five years, four years, one year. So it's never too late, it's never too little, and people always think like this. I wasted so much time, what difference does it make if I use some available time? And we have the ability to enjoy the Karam is the finest of all the things that grow, to enjoy the fine wine. a top line,. And because of your lack of attention, laziness, Yezahar that's built in. So Yeitszahar wants us primarily to ignore it. salkoi. so at least uh, whatever time you have left. Use it, and you could build, be prosperous, and you could still produce a lot. she uses that lotion, The primary weapon of the Yitzhahara is to cause us to be Miyayish, to give up. And with that Yish, he likes to claim that he's kind of us, Rachman and you have to remind yourself, Yish Kedela kani. and hopefully you're still yourself. There's no Shini and you have to not give up. Yitzhahara doesn't have to have you doing the affairs at that point. You just... Has you in the mode of yirsh, and you'll you'll give up yourself without any convincing. Ha'no Lishmar on the brackets says Asma b'chalyem and alchet v'oven shem ketzim u'barneki mamish lanafshoi ha'isubal b'chalyem nitiyus yafes. All you gotta do is plant a few saplings to get started. Laharb is debir b'teira yiskayim alav maimar akasav neitzer matai meisi yaday lehispyer and lashon Khazal. Is the planting. The planting is always used as a muscle because as you plant, you just have to put in a little effort <laughs> at the beginning, and then part of it will grow itself. you got to be shimer, and you got to prune once in a while, and you got to water it. But once you get going, you'll have the tailwind with the siyat of shatachash al karma, sarasloy. It never makes sense to give up on the investment if there's any time to make a tikkun. The peer pressure is a very positive, powerful tool if you're hanging around the right peers. So if you see that they're pushing the agenda and raising the bar in their asmoda, and they're getting into their ruchnius and they're learning, you'll be pressured to do it in a positive way. You'll come to the of how Gvaldike feels. And conversely, if you're hanging around with people who aren't giving any attention, you're going to follow them to the of course, and that's uh, already a good scenario, but it's, it's good in a way that's better than doing outright Averis. It's not going to help if you spend too much time there. Interesting Gizis Mashal. It says, you have friends who weren't focusing on their bruches and on their davening, so you're going to stop making mezenis and donuts because you see people gobbling up donuts without a brocha? Happens to be there are, this peer pressure over here also. My, uh, my famous muscle you've heard it before, is only used because it's not a muscle. I've heard it from people who work in the office, obviously not in their own private high office. This hopefully wouldn't be a Yitzhar, but in a very uh, pressurized corporate environment especially nowadays, people are sitting in a cubicle often, they don't even have an office where they close the door or they haven't reached the Madriga but they get an office, they can close the door and they do something every single day, the shayla comes up and it's hard to imagine that people can sometimes fall into this rut and go for years there's an absolute chiyiv to make a certain bracha during the day which is going to come up and it's called asher Yotzer. and most corporate environments have nice offices and nice bathrooms and they're available for the employees use and they go to the bathroom and they come out and I, people tell them again good people anybody who's asking me a shy to come and talk about this is already a good person and I happen to mention says you, you know uh, you brought up uh, davening and learning a brachas and, and asher yotzer asher struck me as a little bit strange I haven't made asher yotzer in a long time I make it at home once in a while but even that got a little bit beaten up you don't say it all day and you can't not say asher and I know how, I've had the conversation with a few people, I know how this happens. Sasha, Yossi, you're in a bathroom, you're already talking in the bathroom because that's where all the good corporate discussions take place. That's already problem number one. And then you come out of the bathroom, usually continuing the conversation outside, because then you realize one of the partners uh, has what to say, so you try to catch him on the way out. And you're walking You down the hallway, so you have a great chance of forgetting. And even when you remember, you don't want to say, you're still talking to him and you're in the hallway. And sometimes the conversation goes on a long time, and then you're in your cubicle, and somebody else is talking to you, and like you can't stop. Well, you can. You should. You have to. But you feel you can't stop mumbling. You can't say, "Wait a second, I have to pray to God that everything just went very well in the bathroom." Like we take that as double pasht. Yes, you th- should thank Hashem profusely. Uh, they're not really going to understand that. And I can imagine it can get uncomfortable, and then it just gets lost. It happens once, twice, three times, four times. If a person who is and there's no head to whatsoever to take an Ashi yatza, And just forget about it and get rid of it. And if you have to go to the bathroom again in two hours, you just lost your house, you can't even make it up. So this could happen. If you're working in a firm office, I would hope it's not happening. If you're working in a very um, dry, uh, pressured environment where nobody's going to understand and they're not that friendly, that could happen. And... I've heard it from people who would never, if you tell them five years before that, before they joined this company, the words that you'd be not saying ashiatza half the time. They look at you like you have five heads. I'm not going to say ashiatza? What are you going to, the next thing you say, I'm not going to bench? There are people who struggle with that also. You're sitting in a restaurant that's one shayla and then you're, you, you weren't wearing a yamaka when you walked in. You should be and you have to because you have to make breakfast and uh, you're eating. It's a slippery slope. So the fact that you're looking around and other people don't seem to be saying it, I said, you've got to find the corner of the hallway. You've got to find an office uh, where you can close the door. And if you don't have an office with a door, then you have to uh, figure something out. The old way people used to dive in Mincha when they were uncomfortable is used to find a phone booth. They don't have phone booths in airports anymore. And they still don't have phone booths in corporate America anymore. But they have cell phones. So you can't go to the cell phone, go to the corner and have a conversation with Hashem. There are ways to do this. It just can't get lost. It's not negotiable. So Chavaz a- a- says, what? You, let a uh, you can if that's the only choice over here. you got to get it done. You can't not say brachos. <laughs> That's the point. And the Chaim says, you can't not learn. And his mashal is hakebatzmechah. He's saying this like a pellet. He says, you're not learning because your friends aren't learning? Hakebatzmechah. Would you not say asher if your friends weren't saying asher So I'm saying a hundred years later, well, yeah, some people struggle with that also. But it's not really negotiable. On that note, we're going to daven. I wonder if that's why the earbuds... The, 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 the earbuds, air, you don't you know, look like you're anything. talking...